Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. I'm Tony. And I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. And we have quite the tip for you today. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things some of you, probably a lot of you, if you have a newer RV of any configuration, have a black tank flush on it. And what that is, if you don't know, it's effectively a small sprinkler inside your black tank. So what you do is when it's time to clean out your black tank, you hook a hose up to the fitting on this, turn the hose on, and it runs sort of a sprinkler inside the black tank, which helps to clean it out. It's a really nifty little thing. It is. It's very helpful. The thing not to do is to turn the black tank hose on. That that black tank flush sprinkler. Right. And then walk away from your camper. Yeah. Don't ever do that. Oh, that is so bad. I was talking to a friend of mine and we got to talking about this and I remembered a warranty claim where somebody came in. So here's what happens. You know, any water, air, all those things take path of least resistance. Right. Well, they hooked up their black tank flush, somehow got distracted while it was running and then left. And they came back to their fifth wheel $85,000 fifth wheel to see water running out the door. Out the door of the fifth wheel because they like didn't walk to the campfire or to whatever. They They left. left. Yeah, they went for a walk. So what happened was water went into the black tank and at some point the black tank got full. So water came up and did what it does it looks for the path of least resistance well in this fifth wheel what happened is the black tank and gray tank have a pipe where they go up to the roof and vent out because all these tanks have to have vents Mm -hmm. or else the smell comes into your coach right well at that junction basically the black tank started to fill the gray tank which then overflowed the sink and the shower and it just kept going until it flooded the whole coach (sighs) that is just super bad not so good you think it's bad if the hose comes popping out of the the inlet in the ground yeah and you get it all over your feet imagine it all over the inside of your coach now what in that case it is not a warranty claim it may be an insurance claim but it is not a pleasant situation because the contents of your black tank have now flooded your coach your entire rv yeah yeah so what's the solution what's the don't go away away? yeah never (laughs) leave that black tank flush running the official word is don't ever turn on that black tank flush if you have the valve closed right always have the valve open however right there's always a but the but (laughs) is that it's better to dump your black tank after it's about two-thirds full. So really to get a really good flush and make sure that you've washed all the walls off, it really is a better flush to have 
enough water in there that you've kind of two-thirds filled the tank again and rinsed everything out. Right. But that's not the official word. The official word is always leave it open. Right. What happens if you're flushing your black tank and there's little Johnny on his bicycle and he falls over and starts crying and you're going to go and help him, right? And then you've forgotten about that black tank flush and it's running and it's doing, you know, You know, in a very opposite way, it reminds me, every time we talk about something like this, it reminds me of that commercial in like the 70s, if any of you were alive back then. That's like a (laughs) hundred years ago. And it was like Wesson Oil or something, and the mom is frying chicken, and someone falls off their bike, and they have to rush to the ER or something. And they come back hours later, and the chicken is still soaking in that now cold oil on the stove, but it's not greasy. It's delicious. And every time I think of this, I think of those emergencies that call you away from what you're doing. But unfortunately, in this case, you don't come back to it's fine. (laughs) You're not just crying about your fried chicken. So, okay. One of the options, I talked to a gentleman named Doug Swartz. And Doug is a super cool guy. I really enjoyed talking to him. And he has invented a remote control push button black and gray tank valve. It is the coolest thing. And so this is the valve, not the flush, right? Right. Correct. But what he suggested is just go to your local garden supply, you know, the hardware store around the corner from your house or whatever and get a water timer so one of those things you would use like with the hose to let the water only run a specific amount of time and what you do is then you attach that to your black tank flush hose and if you know okay it takes me about three minutes to fill the black tank about two-thirds full or so you just set the timer and that way if you do walk away you don't experience what these four people experienced and Doug told me many, many stories that this is what happened to these people is not at all unusual. Right. So this timer, if you've never used one, the timer allows the water to flow. And when the time is up, that device shuts down the water flow and stops the water from flowing. Yeah. So even if you aren't standing there at that three minutes, the water will stop going into your black tank. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. Let's say it's 10 or 15 bucks. That is much, 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 much less money than it would take to pay somebody to clean out your RV, which is probably ruined anyway, because wooden cabinets and such are not designed to be underwater, especially that water. Yeah. So when are we going to get some of those electric valves? Yeah, that's, well, (laughs) we are in the process of making a decision. Right. And that decision is, do we get a slightly larger travel trailer or do we keep the one we have? This is a tough decision. It is. And we've been kind of looking at it right now. You can't really look at RVs. Right, because they're they're off the shelf before they're on the shelf. Yeah. So if we decide to keep this trailer, which I really like, and, you know, we own it, we already have it, then, yeah, we're going to put those on because there's no, I mean, that is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah, I like it. You don't have to, I I almost have to stand on my head sometimes in some sites to be able to pull that valve open. Yeah, exactly. It's a contortionist dream come true is those black tank and gray tank valves. If we do decide, so we had, anyway, we may (laughs) switch and get a slightly larger travel trailer. We don't know, but that would also probably mean a bigger truck. So it's a whole, you know. It's a whole circle. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of decisions. Yeah. Or we could just get electric black and gray tank 
gate valves and be happy. <laughs> and be done. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. We'll see what happens. So on that note, we'll be right back. And we have got something that Peggy super duper really loves yes. that she wants to tell you all about. Yes. Here we come. Camping is all about great experiences, and that's why we love Harvest Hosts. Harvest Hosts is the gateway to beautiful overnighting experiences. And with Harvest Hosts, you can boondock at wineries and breweries, cultural destinations, golf courses, so much more. It's a great alternative to traditional campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of those really great pictures you've seen online, like Instagram and such, have been taken at Harvest Host destinations, and you can experience those yourself. You can, and we've got a good deal on Harvest Host memberships on our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Enjoy your next Stressless Camping getaway at a beautiful destination and save money in the process. Winner, winner. Everyone's a winner. Yeah. Hey, chicken dinner. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We have returned. We have returned. So if you keep up with our website, StresslessCamping.com, you see that I have finally found my groove and started writing traveling geologist stories about geology of different areas. And so the word geo... You know, whenever I hear the word geo, my ears perk up because that's that's earth and that's geology and geocaching and George. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) George of the jungle. He's a friend of you and me. (laughs) Geocaching is something that I have always been super interested in. When I tried it before, I found I'm not really super good at it, but luckily I can usually talk people into it who are good at finding things. So we're going to talk about geocaching today and I have renewed my passion and now I'm going to start looking for a geocache everywhere we go. Okay, first of all, what in the wide, wide world of sports is a geocache? And what is geocaching? So geocaching is like outdoor treasure hunting. Yeah. So people will hide an item, usually a container of some sort, a waterproof container with a logbook inside. That's the simplest. And they will put it somewhere that's in public and they will tag it with a GPS coordinate and then they'll post it on geocaching.com. And then if you are the person who wants to go finding geocaches, you go look for geocaches in your area and you'll find these GPS coordinates and you'll go find that geocache. And the cool thing is on this geocaching.com, there can be hints or tips or you know, secret. They're even though they are in public, they all have to be in public places, right? They all have to right. be where you're allowed to go without trespassing, right? But they may be pretty well hidden, or they may look like something else. So the fun of geocaching is the hunt itself, the yes. the whole treasure hunt aspect of it. And as Peggy said, sometimes what you get is just a logbook, and you're like, "Hey, Kilroy was here," or whatever. <laughs> sometimes you get a little tchotchke of some sort but again the real fun of this is the actual art of the hunt right so the word geocache actually you know i said the word the geo part of course is earth and cache actually has kind of a double meaning which is cool for this it originally means a temporary hiding place so it's a place where you put something meaningful and and temporarily hide it but you know in computer terms Now Tony will wake up. Yeah. Now my ears just perked up. (laughs) Cache is computer storage, like memory storage? It's like a, yeah, it's a place where data sits temporarily or a place to kind of store it until you need it sort of thing. So you can cache your GPS coordinates 
and then go find your cash. Yeah. <laughs> and rarely does that contain cash with an SH. So this Correct. is spelled geocache, C-A-C-H-E, not cash. You're not going to be able to run around the world finding money. Cause right, yeah. Then everybody said, would be doing the, Right. <laughs> the appeal is the actual hunt itself, not the prizes you get. Right. Except, you know, once in a blue moon, there's something cool. But let's just say that most of the time, it's just stuff. It's a logbook, and it's a thing that you can say you did, you found. Yeah. But it's also a cool way to explore an area because yeah. there are, for example, up here in Lake County where we live, where our house is, there's a ton of geocaches and I know of them hidden in cabooses and under bridges and in trees and it's yep. it's kind of fun to go exploring and will take you to places where you may not have otherwise gone. Exactly. And it's, you know, you get to a new area and it's like, oh, look, there's 30 geocaches here. I'm going to go and find one. And, you know, there are different degrees of difficulty in finding them. For sure. Some of them are pretty easy. Some of them require some agility. (laughs) And some of them, the clues are kind of cryptic. And some of them, it's more obvious. So there's a real variety. Now, you had talked about geocaching and GPSing. When Peggy first started doing this, it really almost required a GPS-specific device. And yes, you can still buy those things. Right. Do you remember in about 2000, the really early 2000s, people were really excited to have this handheld GPS device. And it was the size of... It was much bigger than our phones now. It was about the size of the phones then. It was about the size of the phones then, yeah. And so it was a handheld unit, and that's all it did was find GPS coordinates within, you know, I don't know, 100 feet or something. It was, (laughs) yeah, it was purposely inaccurate because the military didn't want you to have true, you know, real pinpoint accuracy. And the devices were expensive and you had to be an enthusiast enough that you're going to go buy one of these specific GPS locating devices. You got one now. Now it's on every smartphone. Yeah. So it's really easy for that part. It's really easy to get in. You don't need a separate device. You just need a smartphone. And there's an app that geocaching.com also has. So the app can be on your phone. So if you're out and about and you go, hey, I feel like looking for a cache, you just go to your app and search for anything nearby and go looking for it. So these things can be anywhere from the size of a toothpick container, basically, a small little container to a five gallon bucket. A lot of times they're in ammo cans. You know, you want something waterproof because it's going to sit out there in the weather and forever and ever while people find it. (laughs) It used to be fairly common to use film canisters, but where the heck are you going to get that anymore? (laughs) That's right. See, I forgot even to call it a film canister (laughs) because it just don't exist anymore. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, it was those film canisters used to be like ubiquitous. Everybody had a ton of them just sitting around and now it's like where do you even get one right exactly store (laughs) so they are all over the world and i know people who used to plan their travel well they're people i don't know anymore maybe they've still planned their travel but plan their travels around where they can go find a cluster of geocaches and spend the day finding these geocaches yeah or let's say you know as i said if you get to an area and you're like you know what's around here that's one way of discovering unique and special things right where do these geocaches come from uh regular folks 
like you and me. Right. Well, some people are not that sure how regular I am. <laughs> maybe but not you. Yeah, maybe not. Okay, <laughs> but regular me, folks we, like we you. We have hidden a cache. We have a cache yeah. that's hidden here in Lake County. And if you find it, we get a notification that, right. oh, such and such found the cache. Right. And so that's a good way for me if I can't get to the geocache and check and make sure it's in good shape. I'm always happy when someone checks in and says that they found it and it was in good shape. So I know yeah. that I have a little bit more time before I have to go look at it again. <laughs> but, you know, the logbook will fill up. So a lot of people will carry around little trinkets, just little stuff, you know, toy cars or plastic soldiers or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Monopoly pieces. Monopoly pieces. And it's just kind of fun. If you carry trinkets around and you find something cute and you want it, then you replace it with something different. And then the next person might like the thing that you left there. And there are things called trackables and they actually they kind of want you to take it, not necessarily replace it, but go online to geocaching.com and log it and say where you took it from and when, and then say where you put it. Like I picked up one one time that was a little Tinkerbell keychain, and she wanted to travel to Disneyland from, you know, like Rhode Island or something. So she was moving across the country. So I picked her up and I moved her to another place a little bit closer to Disneyland. Should have just taken her to doggone Disneyland. I should have just taken her to doggone. Disneyland. It wasn't at a time that we could get away like that. Hmm. But not all the trinkets are Mickey Mouse trinkets. Oh, no, not at all. Oh, come on. That was a good pun. Oh, Mickey Mouse trinkets. Sorry. (laughs) I'm just being goofy, folks. (laughs) Anyway. So it did start out just kind of a hiding game. When GPS suddenly became available to the whole world, there were some people who thought, could this be used this way? And there were a couple of different guys that hid a bucket out in the woods and sent the other teammates the coordinates and had them go find it. And so it just started from that and has grown to this geocaches all over the world. Yeah, it is actually quite the thing. I mean, there are thousands and thousands of people all over the world who participate in this and as i said it's basically a big global treasure hunt right for stuff with the hunt itself being the the key so how do i do it well go to geocaching.com uh-huh read some information about it download the app and then like i said when you're out and about somewhere or if you're planning to go somewhere look and see where the geocaches are and like tony said they tell you whether it's going to be they kind of give a hint about how big the cache is and they give a hint about how easy it is to find sometimes it'll be at the end of a hike sometimes it'll be right on the side of the road it just you know they're <laughs> there's that they're one all different that was on top of a crosswalk sign right so i i heard <laughs> we hung out with some people several years ago who hid a lot of caches in yeah. our area and they had kind of a gathering and they were telling us that there was one like in the top of a stop sign or the or in a signal light or something where you kind of almost had to climb up the pole to get to it and then take this little cache out and log it and the muggles, as they called them, like police and other passersby that never heard of geocaching, you want to like tell people what it is that you're doing and that you're not doing something to get arrested for, but without kind of giving away the whole thing. Exactly. And you know, you're like there looking around for stuff. Yeah. And so if you're in San Francisco and climbing up light poles, you, yeah, you <laughs> might may get find, attention that you don't want. You may find <laughs> that the peace officers might look at you kind of funny 
Like, why is that dude climbing a pole? Right. <laughs> and, you know, we've seen them in a tree in a residential area. Yeah. And on the back of a restaurant. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting one. Yeah. There was like the gas meter or something coming in and it was kind of hiding behind that gas meter. That was one I couldn't find. Tony had to find it. Yeah, I found him. it. <laughs> And then, you know, hidden in bushes. My mom had to find the one that was hidden in the bush when near her house. I don't know why I love this so much because yeah, I'm so terrible you, at yeah, it. Yeah, right? That's, I'm just thinking the same thing. I'm like, you don't do a good job of finding Maybe with them. No, practice. I shouldn't say that. Maybe yeah. with practice, I'll get better. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But again, the good thing is it's mostly free to do this yeah. other than how much is the app? You know, is it free? The app is free. Oh. Blimey. Yeah, and there is an upgradable version on the geocaching.com website. But I've, I mean, because we haven't done this in a while, I don't feel like we need to upgrade right now. We need to just remember how to do the basic game. Yeah. <laughs> and start Go playing Go find like stuff that. in bushes and all of that. Right. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Are you a geocacher? Do you enjoy geocaching? Let us know. Good place to share this kind of stuff is on our Facebook group. Yeah. It's a great way to get in touch with others and share your hobbies and your interests and your travel ideas. And I forgot to say that some of these are, they don't just give you coordinates, but they give you a puzzle to solve or a trail to follow like oh there's a hint to the next hint at this gps location so sometimes you don't just go and find the thing sometimes you go and find another clue wow (laughs) so you have to figure out if there was a man from nantucket and if he could (laughs) fish for whales in a bucket anyway That's geocaching. That's geocaching. Let's get out there and do some. Absolutely. And let us know what you are up to with the geocaches and if you're enjoying it as much as Peggy is and if you're (laughs) able to find the stuff. Yeah. And if you want to help me find things and we'll partner up. (laughs) All right. We're going to be back in just a moment. We're going to give you some bad breath. Everybody seems to be talking about lithium batteries for their RVs. Of course, they charge faster, last longer, weigh less, and require zero maintenance. Plus, you don't have to replace them every few years. We love Lion Energy's safe lithium batteries, and with their limited lifetime warranty, they're the last batteries you'll have to buy for your RV. Of course, we have a discount for you on our Discounts and Deals page, and you can learn more about why lithium is the way to go. Have you been plagued by vampires? I haven't. You know why? No. Because I eat a lot of garlic. Yeah, because I cook a lot with garlic. Yes, you do. I love garlic. And that is why we totally loved our trip to Gilroy. Absolutely. I think Gilroy is self-claimed garlic capital of the United States. It smells like garlic there. It does. You just it's drive, so especially trippy. this time of year, in the in the harvest time of year, you just drive around and you can smell it from the highway even. You know, it smells like garlic. <laughs> and that's cool to me. It's awesome the, to me. I loved it. We had the good fortune of riding with a friend who has a, a well, it's not really a convertible if there's no top ever, a topless car. Oh, good point. <laughs> and you can just smell it or just even in the truck when we were Hauling the trailer around, we could smell we could. the garlic. It was super cool to me, but I love garlic. And our friend that lives in Gilroy said he's immune to it now. He doesn't smell it anymore. And I felt so sad for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess after a while you get used to smells. I guess. But boy, I love it. I 
like driving through there, especially at the right time of year when it, everything smells like garlic. Yeah, it's a very, very agricultural area. It's part of, I guess, Central California, which is really quite, they still grow a lot of stuff there. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they grow in Gilroy is garlic. It's garlic. But there's other stuff. There's yeah, a there lot of agriculture is. there. Yeah. So one of the things that we enjoyed was the Casa de Fruta farm stand. Yes. Because then you got all the fruits and vegetables. Yeah, I had this odd craving for apples while I was driving. (laughs) And so I bought me some little green apples. That's right. Because it don't rain in Minneapolis (laughs) in the summertime. So we got some apples and we got some grapes and we got some chocolate and peanut butter covered pretzels. Pretzels, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was a good stop. It was. And it's just a neat, you know, a lot of the things they have there grown there. They have honey and all kinds of yummy things like that. That was pretty cool. Right. What we could not do at this time because it's you know, closed for COVID. Mm -hmm. But there's a theme park called Gilroy Gardens and it has rides and things. So the next time we go down, we might have to check that out. I wonder if they have a lot of garlic themed rides like... Right. Instead of the spinning teacups, it's the spinning garlic bulbs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll have to check. Well, actually, I don't want to say next time because I want to go very, very soon and it probably won't be open by the time I really want to go back. Like, you know, tomorrow. (laughs) Why? Why would that be, Peggy? Is there something there that you found that you really liked? Well, there were a few things I found that I really, really liked. And one of them was at the garlic store and we got garlic gorgonzola butter. Yeah, it was. Oh my heavens. That is so good. Oh, it really is. I mean, it's just fantastic. It's this garlicky gorgonzola. If you can't tell, we love to eat (laughs) and we travel on our stomachs. I think most people do. Yeah. Oh, this garlic gorgonzola butter. Right. Mm -hmm. So in addition to Casa de Fruta stand, of course, when you're in Gilroy, you've got to go to one of the garlic shops and shop for garlic things. All things garlic. And there's so much. I mean, you can obviously buy garlic. Right. But there's mashed garlic and chopped garlic and pickled garlic. And (laughs) And roasted garlic. Yeah, roasted garlic. and And garlic roasters and garlic slicers and garlic everything everything garlic it's like that guy on the forrest gump movie right with the shrimp, everything but shrimp. with garlic <laughs> instead and then from there we took a little side trip to the little tiny town of well i don't know how big the town is we had a specific we destination and that is the town of coralitos and there's a coralitos market and sausage company and boy did we stock up on sausage yeah a lot (laughs) we were told go to this place and they have phenomenal sausages and Coralitos Market has phenomenal sausages. Indeed. That they make right there. It's a full-on butcher shop, but they do sausages. And we had smoked brats with cheese. We got andouille. We got bratwurst. Yeah. I don't remember what else. There was others that we got. I mean, we loaded up and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> since we got back we're pretty much eating yeah. sausages almost every day so. the good thing about that is these are just oh they're, oh, they're so good so and they do delicious do mail order that's right so I we made sure control. that we could order it but when then we looked and we decided it's only three and a half hours away so yeah. we're just gonna go down there for lunch again yeah next bring week. a cooler and <laughs> it, that's exactly what we're planning 
It was fantastic. It was. So, it's, that's a really I, good... I love sausages. Coming from a German family, we ate a lot of Wurst, as it were. So finding a good sausage butcher is quite a treat for me. Absolutely. Because they ain't none in my neighborhood. <laughs> well, even though we grew up with a family that loved Wurst, it was really... The best. The best? No. Oh, I was waiting for that one. Yeah. The inevitable sausage bun. <laughs> well, that's our trip to Gilroy. It was pretty terrific. It was a great place to visit, and I am really looking forward to going back and getting more sausages and more garlic. Indeed. <laughs> if you have, if you don't have garlic breath when you leave Gilroy, you didn't do you it did right. You did something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you missed out. Go back. Get you some garlic breath. And you know what we didn't do is find garlic ice cream, and I know it's there. You're right. Well, that's another reason to go back, and All maybe right. we could get another lift in that Cobra that maybe my friend we has. Could. Man, hey. Byron, thanks for the ride in the Cobra. <laughs> Thank you. Whether you have garlic breath or not, we would really appreciate your telling a friend about the Stressless Camping Podcast. Yeah, maybe if you have garlic breath, you could tell them by email or yeah. by Facebook or something. <laughs> yeah, there's no smell of garlic on Zoom. That's right. And if you're messing around on the internet, you could go to www.stresslesscamping.com. Ooh, that's a good place. What will I find there? Well, you'll find all the things that we have. Our blog posts, our podcasts podcasts and links to all of our social places and discounts and deals too that's right and we get little reports from the companies when someone uses the coupon code yeah so we know you're out there taking advantage of those coupons and that's why we have them and as you know we're trying to always get more of things that we think are terrific for our being and trying to save you a little money in the That's process. Right. And then also while you're there taking advantage of all those deals and discounts, we would sure appreciate it if you would hop on in and write us a review. Oh yeah, especially a good one. Those are our favorite. <laughs> especially those a good one. Favorite. And we just got one. I mean, one. honesty is good. Oh yeah, well we hope. <laughs> I mean, we truly do Hopefully hope Hopefully you haven't that hung out this long if you wouldn't write a good review. Yeah. <laughs> We do hope that we're delivering value. We always try to. That's our goal. Yeah, so hopefully you get to try out geocaching. That's a lot of fun. And maybe a trip to Gilroy and buy a water timer so that you don't overfill your black tank. That's right. That alone is worth thousands of dollars, that tip. That was yeah, a good one. Thank you, Doug. Good one. And then if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, yes. do you know it's free to subscribe on any podcast app? What? I'm not kidding. Wow. We're saving you a seat around our virtual <laughs> campfire. Yes, indeed. And you can subscribe on our website or you can subscribe on whatever podcast app is your absolute favorite. Exactly. And until next week, we hope to have you back here with us and wish you the very best. And most of all, happy camping. We hope you learned a lot, had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!